Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tech Tea with Kimberly. I am your host, Kimberly Bailey. Friends and family call me Kim. If you are listening in, you are indeed a friend or family of the show. I am happy to bring to you today a technology staffing professional. Mr. Jamal Brown currently holds the role as a branch director at one of the world's largest staffing organizations. And throughout his career, he has successfully placed over a thousand candidates, making a significant impact in both job seekers and employers. Okay, that sounds amazing. And he has an unwavering commitment to innovation, client satisfaction, and organizational success. And those are just are a little bit about Mr. Jamal Brown today. He is, again, a technology staffing professional. So those of you who are looking to get into tech, looking to change how you're navigating in the technology world or making some type of transition in or out, this is one you want to listen to because this is someone who can really give you some insight about navigating that space. So, hey, Jamal, how are you doing? Hi, Kimberly. I'm doing great. Thank you so much for asking. Yeah, thank you for joining me today. I'm very excited about our conversation because I know how important the technology field is and I know the challenges of getting good people in that field. So I think we'll be able to just kind of dive into that and give some people a good ins good insight on, you know, just how you can get in and what, you know, someone from your level as a branch director is looking for when you're looking for good talent, okay? So Absolutely. before we dive into all of that, just, you know, I only read a snippet of your bio. I like for people to talk about themselves. Nobody can sell yourself better than you. So let me know a little bit more and all the listeners a little bit more about you and how you got into the staffing industry and just anything you want to share before we dive into uh, a little bit more into this uh, show today. Fantastic. Thank you so much for the opportunity. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know how they say the journey is never a straight line. It's usually a winding road. Uh -huh. I, um, I was always in the computers and technology as a child. And then I finally had an opportunity to work for Best Buy and run their tech bench and computer department. And that was really my first exposure to dealing with the public and then dealing with technology at the same time. And that opened my mind up to a total, totally new, uh, way of thinking and a new way that people do business. And, um, so from there, and in working in computers, I then I went to manage a company called Comp USA, and I was a manager there, and I managed their tech bench as well there. And then when that store closed, that's how I got into recruiting. I was blessed enough to get into uh, educational recruiting, and that morphed into a position with the corporate company here doing staff recruiting, and that morphed into my position at Robert had. So like I said, the journey is never a straight line. It's a winding road. But when you look back on it, you can put all the dots together that ended up leading you to the point that you are today. And that's how I really got into technology staff. Wow, I, I like that. And so with technology staffing, I think some people may not just really understand the impact that you, you know, provide to your clients and customers and uh, what it takes to really just get good people you know, and place them in the right roles. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about, you know, what that looks like, the journey of 
sourcing out good talent and making sure they are, you know, a good fit for where you're placing them? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, in, in, in staffing, in sourcing talent, your, your credibility is, is number one. So you have to be able to build great relationships with your candidates and then build great relationships with your clients. In sourcing candidates for particular roles, the goal is to make sure that you're able to put somebody in a job that they actually like, right? That they want to be at, right? And, and your candidates understand that they're interviewing the client just as well as the client is interviewing them. That's a big thing you want. And you want to be able to empower your candidates to do that. Uh, you know, it's it's the unemployment market right now is sub uh, 4%. So that's almost full employment. So it's really hard to find great talent these days. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you're putting a candidate in front of a client, you want to make sure your candidates are confident. They're strong. But more importantly, they can talk about what they can do on a task level. What can I do on day one when I walk into your organization that 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 can either enhance the organization or can support the organization? And what task oriented things can I do on day one? And what kind of value can I add? If a candidate can do that nine times out of 10, they have a great opportunity to secure a position. That's really cool. Um, I like that. And I like what you said about relationship building, because the first time I had an opportunity to work with you was in my role at the city of Memphis as a CIO. And we look to you to help us fill some of our employment gaps and provide great talent for us. So what you just said is very key. I do think all of those elements are indeed important and it has to be a right fit on both sides. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it can't be a one-sided thing. Everybody is dating each other in the beginning before you really figure out, is this the right thing? And so I like how you all look at that as a, you know, just a, a key before you go out and just, you know, say, hey, here's a job, you go do it. You know, it's a lot more strategic and tactical than just, you know, putting someone someplace. It has to make sense for you all as well as for the um, the client. Yes, ma'am. And, and, you know, it's a, uh, it's a trust thing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, if you put a candidate into a role and it doesn't match their personality, doesn't match their skill set, mm -hmm. they're not going to, they're not going to be happy about that, even though they may be securing a paycheck. They're not going to be happy about that. And the client that you're working with, the person that supplied the need, that told you that you need, Jamal, I need a person. Well, that person isn't going to be happy either if you just convinced them to take a person and you didn't make sure it was a good fit. So for all parties involved, we have to communicate and be open with exactly what we want and then work diligently to ensure that all parties involved are satisfied with the placement. Okay. So not only are you placing technology talent, I'm sure you use technology in some way to get this done. And so you've been into this field. How have you seen the use of technology aiding you in making sure individuals are in the right seat? Well, so first, I mean, just the technology boom in staffing. Uh, your CRMs are so your customer relationship management databases are so robust these days. Okay. Uh, and then there's certain technology that goes in and scrubs all of your job boards and then sends qualified candidates based on whatever profiles you have linked to those job boards. They send them your way. So that's another way we're able to acquire talent and use technology. What we're seeing now and what more people are doing, even on in the LinkedIn space, artificial intelligence 
and I, that that type of data modeling is is something that's cutting edge and happening these days as well. And artificial intelligence is driving qualified art is driving qualified candidates to to recruiters and uh, staffing managers as well. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, I like that you all are using all of these different elements to help you do your job well, right? And these are opportunities also, not only are you using AI, you could also be staffing for AI positions. So being that you have an understanding and you use these platforms, I think it kind of helps full circle to make sure that you have good clients. Um, and looking back over your bio, I can also see that you um, have the role of campus director at Strayer University. And I so I would love to know a little bit more about that and to understand how the two worlds intersect or how, you know, technology is impacting that Strayer University campus director role. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, first, the, the Strayer University campus director role really was my strongest introduction into recruiting. Okay. Uh, and in that, I learned uh, just how to, to deal with people on a level on a personal level and then and then inspire help them ins help them work to build their resumes and build their career base to then find the job or the career they were looking for so okay. it, it actually conditioned me to be able to be a recruiter and a staffing manager uh mm -hmm. as the campus director there uh we we i we ran one of the largest campuses in memphis for strayer university and Technology was key there. You had, first again, your customer relationship database, but more importantly, the online aspect of that technology and candidates being able to do all of their work by using a SQL database to put all their work into and then pull their work out to do their job. You know, being able to do that online, we've been able to change, I was able to change and help change a couple of lives there just because they had that level of flexibility. So that aspect of technology was huge in working as a campus director at Australia University, that work from home aspect that we see now today. Uh, and, you know, the remote work aspect of, of, of employment now is one of the hottest things in the market. And so now the employee field, employment field has saw the value in allowing people to be able to work from home. And that's all based around technology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How difficult has that been with that transition? I know it picked up a lot during the um, pandemic where everyone was working from home. And now, you know, employees feel like they have a choice. You know, they if they only want to work remotely, they feel more empowered by having that choice. Has there been a level of difficulty with staffing in that way? Or do you find that you can easily accommodate those types of requests? You know, there's there there has been some challenges. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, the market, is 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 working to to stabilize itself these yeah. days. So there are candidates and they want a hundred percent remote. And quite frankly, if you look on the job boards these days, 85% of the jobs are on site and only 15% of the jobs now are remote jobs. So the pendulum swung all the way back the other way. Mm -hmm. And I think at this point there's an opportunity to really talk to the candidate and give them all of their options. Let them, letting them know that, hey, I will do my absolute best to find you that 100% remote opportunity. But by doing that, you may have to cut yourself off from a huge, from, from several other opportunities that may impact your career. And just mm -hmm. sitting down and having that frank 
candid conversation. And once again, being somebody that that that, that candidate can trust, you mm -hmm. know, because it's very easy to say, yeah, I can get that done. I'll do that right away. And then never call that person back again. But <laughs> when we go back to credibility and trust, mm -hmm. that's not what you want. And that's what it takes. So sometimes you have to tell people what they don't want to hear, you oh. know, and 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 but you're being honest and you're being credible. Mm -hmm. So, yes, there has been some challenges around remote work because the pendulum is swung and the market is working to stabilize itself. But I also think you can remedy those challenges by being direct and being forthright and, and laying out all the options for the candidate because the candidate is an adult and they'll be able to make the best decision for themselves. Absolutely. So when I met you, I was in a decision making role. And for those listeners who may be in that type of role, um, I, I can hear how you work with the candidates. But what is it like working with those that are looking for the talent from you? And you're having to have those difficult conversations and being able to fill positions at a, a, a quick turnaround. You know, how does that engagement also work for you when you have to deal with the decision makers? Well, you know, it's, it, it can be challenging because you're working in the middle with two other individuals and you're trying to bring both of these individuals together as the person in the middle. Right. Uh, but, but for decision makers, I think it, it boils down to speed, match, quality, and choice. You want to you wanna make sure that uh, your, your, your expectations around when we can fill this job. Mm-hmm. You set those expectations and they're real expectations. And you have to honor the, the candidates want because I mean the clients want because that's the person that you're working for at that time. Mm -hmm. But you have to be honest about those expectations. So on speed, I can fill this job in a week. I can fill this job in two weeks. If the client says, Jamal, I need somebody in 48 hours, then you tell them what the market looks like and you let them decide. Mr. Mm -hmm. Client, I can get that, or Miss Client, I can get that done in 48 hours, but this is what that's going to look like. So you right. always want to make sure that you're setting expectations. And then you want to learn about the environments that they work in. So you want to be able to learn about that environment so you can match the talent to that environment. And then you also want to make sure that you're sending quality talent. And when I say quality talent, I mean based on skill set. Of course, all people have quality and value, but based on skill set quality and then you want to give the kind of choice so you just don't want to say mr and mrs client here's one candidate that's the one you have to pick <laughs> no you want to make sure they have a choice so how would someone get into be um becoming a professional in the staffing part of technology like you like what skill set and you know just what would it take for someone to look at that as an avenue oh absolutely i i Honestly, I think having a background in in some level of recruiting really okay. helps out a lot. So if you have an HR background or even a relationship management background or a business development background, that helps as well. And then you also have to have a passion for technology. So if you can yeah. combine that passion for technology with your ability to connect with people and a passion to help folks, uh, you put those two things together and then yeah. you can make your way into the staffing industry. Uh, so, yeah, just a, a relentless nature to keep pushing forward, an yeah. ability to connect with folks and then combining that with your love for technology. That's how someone can get into the staffing business. Okay. So if I'm a job seeker and um is it better, in your opinion, mm -hmm. to just go out here and, and apply and apply, or is it better to connect 
with an organization that focuses on the staffing? And what's the difference and how does someone even connect so that they can find a tech opportunity? Absolutely. Well, you know, I'll say this. No one is going to work as hard for you as hard for you as you'll work for yourself. So absolutely go and apply and find opportunities. But it's an old saying, your, your network, your net worth is based on your network. And so connecting with people uh, and connecting with people in staffing that have relationships with clients will definitely give you a, a better opportunity to find the, the role that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And you can find, and, and so there are numbers of, if you just go up on, on Meetup, the Meetup app, there are a number of tech meetups here where mm -hmm. staffing companies actually just uh, open up the front door, allow you to come in and you get to speak to these individuals about opportunities they have and ways you can market yourself and uh, build a profile that will make clients want to engage with you and bring you aboard. So networking events are always very helpful when you're trying to find new opportunities and connect with staffing managers. Okay. So you mentioned the Meetup app, and uh, I like to ask my guests because, you know, we work a lot, of course, we work hard, but you also want to, you know, play sometimes. And so what are some of, you know, the apps you use either professionally or personally um, throughout your, you know, days or weeks just to decompress or to recommend to others if they're trying to, you know, just connect on their next career journey? Connect on that. Well, and I know I'm going to sound like a broken record here, but LinkedIn is just amazing when folks are trying to connect on their, uh, in, the, in their next career opportunity or uh, next role using LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. The LinkedIn for learning tab that you can use. It has so many uh, behavioral and relationship building classes there that you can use there. So I, I, I love to use that. And then, um, I mean, again, just taking it all the way around. The Wall Street Journal is one of my favorites. Just being, uh, being engaged with the economy and understanding the economy because the economy and the job market goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And so using that resource to then shape the way I'm viewing my day-to-day -day and uh, taking that information and then being able to leverage that information to help my candidates find great opportunities. That's interesting. So I've never really thought about the Wall Street Journal, but I imagine in your field, you have to understand the pulse of the market because that impacts how you can properly place and what the demand is out there for your services at the time. So cool. LinkedIn, definitely. LinkedIn is a wonderful resource. And I do enjoy LinkedIn learning because it does give you just an opportunity to um, get some skills that you may not normally have and enhance some skills that, you know, you're just trying to grow in certain areas. So as a tech professional, um, from a recruiting standpoint and and the things you do at Strayer, what, what do you do in your spare time? How do you have, like, you know, what do you do for fun? For me, I drive around the city in my car and sing out loud. It's my car karaoke. It's how I, I heard that. <laughs> um, you know, I love to go walking at, you know, Shelby Farms. I like to read. Um, I'm an audio book person. Uh, I love live music events. So, you know, those are some of the things that I just kind of do to take me away from, you know, just the demands of the job. So wh what do you do in your spare time? Well, I... Love being with family, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, 
sports, basketball, okay. working out. Okay. But like I'm like you though, Kim. Um, out of in those audio books, I I love sitting and listening to those audio books or reading books about self improvement, self help, just how to work to be the best version of yourself day in and day out. Uh, oh. There are tons of challenges that that come upon us throughout the day, and in in being able to dig in and learn some concepts that then you can apply to your life mm-hmm. has been huge for me. And I, I use, and that's what I like to do on my spare time, just think and learn and try to be better. And, uh, those mm-hmm. audio books help out tremendously. So what was the last audio book you listened to? The last one, um, Never Split the Difference. Oh, okay. Never Split the Difference. And it's a book about negotiating in life though, not in business, but in life and in mm-hmm. understanding people and what they want and how to deliver that to folks and also get what you want in return. Very good book. I can get you all of the um, author here shortly. Yeah, I would love I would love to know um, who that author is. I, I have some audible credits I need to uh, <laughs> cash in. So yeah. So tell me about the future of IT recruitment. We know what it looks like right now. What does the not yet, in your opinion, look like for recruiting IT talent? You know, I, I just see down the line in the future, uh, there, there are some things that that used to hold a ton of that used to hold a ton of value to clients that may not be able to hold as much value. As you know, maybe 15 years ago, if you were someone that that was hands-on, you worked on uh, desktops, laptops, changed out hard drives, motherboards, so on and so forth. Those things are beginning to change. And now what we're seeing is everything moving to the cloud and being in one space or uh, cybersecurity being one of the number one uh, priorities for clients just because of all of the people that are working from home or the work from home workforce and the level of vulnerability you have in that cyber security space. So the landscape is absolutely changing. I think uh, you, you did mention it. Everyone doesn't have to be a coder, but being a coder going forward definitely gives you a leg up uh, mm-hmm. when you're talking about being attractive to clients. And then also just learning again, cloud and cloud engineering and how that works because i think that's the future of it things mm-hmm. moving to the cloud and becoming more hands-off as opposed to being hands-on like we were say 10 even even five to ten years ago okay so yeah are there any particular industries that um seem to be more attractive than others or is it just you know that way across the board cloud cybersecurity? but you know what does that look like from an industry perspective and then if we go an industry perspective, so healthcare, right? Healthcare mm-hmm. is huge there. Okay. Uh, municip- and then as you know, municipalities, uh, all of that data, you have to be able to protect that data. You have to be able to store that data somewhere. And then um, financial services, those three industries, those three industries have been growing uh, since the pandemic and are continuing to grow now. So uh, health, the healthcare space, we're seeing a lot of growth the uh, municipality space, we're seeing a lot of growth as well. Okay. So I want to pivot slightly um, to a a portion of the show that I call Forward Ever, Backward Never. And it just kind of gives us a minute to reflect on what we want to do either personally or professionally forward and something that we would never do backward never. So 
what would be a forward ever for you, either personally or professionally? Forward ever? I want to learn another language. Oh. I, yeah, I love I love being able to connect with people on a personal level. And, and, and being able to speak another language gives me another opportunity to do that. And I, you know, and 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 that's just something that will expand my horizons and and let me learn if I learn another language, I learn about another culture, and it just makes me a more well-rounded person. So I would love to learn another language. Any language in particular? Either either Spanish, mm -hmm. or I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say Mandarin. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> I I like that. I like that. <laughs> So now we're, we may be looking at a a, a bilingual um, yes. brown um, <laughs> coming soon. Okay. So from a backward never, what would you just never do again? Backward never. Uh, now this is personal. This okay. is personal. I'll never again stay out past midnight and then think I'm going to be able to get up and go to work in the morning and be the same person. <laughs> never again. <laughs> never again that doesn't work out well for me i'm at a special age now where i have to make sure i manage my time <laughs> appropriately so that's my never again <laughs> i hear you i hear you we don't have that, that college um mindset we do not <laughs> where we can do it and, you know stay up all night and then you know get up and do what we need to do if something has to sacrifice itself so i i i feel you i'm 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 in that age now where sometimes i want to nap and I don't ever require, remember requiring needing a nap as much as I want one sometimes now. No, I, I see tons of value in a nap. Like a nap, <laughs> naps will bless you. Naps will bless your whole life. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So as we start wrapping up, I wanted to get some advice from you, but I want to break it up into levels because you get to experience individuals at all different phases of their career, right? Yes. And you're there to assist at, you know, just different intervals. So if you had to give advice to someone who is newly entering the technology field and just, you know, it's brand new to them and they're looking to get started, what advice would you give to a new person? So uh, new people, I, I, I always tell all of my, my new folks, you know, know, know your stuff and be passionate about it and be able to speak to it again on a task level. Mm -hmm. uh, and then understand, though, that your first tryout, you might not make it. Your second tryout, you might not make it. Your third tryout, you might not make it. And utilize the passion that you have, the passion that drove you to pursue this opportunity to push you through those doors. Because being just straightforward and very honest, the market is really tight and it's tough. And it's easy to become discouraged. And you have to keep going, putting one foot in front of the other. And you want to honor the work that you put in to learn IT and all that work that you put in to build your skill set, you want to honor that by trying to knock on as many doors as possible to then take that skill set that you've learned and, and actualize that skill set into a career that you have. So I think the most important thing for new folks is not to be discouraged. Don't mm -hmm. be discouraged. If you go on four or five interviews and you don't get the opportunity, then look internally and see what you can do to change. Mm -hmm. I, I mean... Are you are you are you answering the questions the right way? Are you listening to the questions? Are you are you comfortable? Are you confident? 
you know, but don't give up. If I can tell a new person anything, it's don't give up. Don't give up. You can do this. Everyone that's working in those positions, they were just like you looking for a position at first. Okay. So if they can do it, you can do it too. And that's what I like to talk talk to tell all my new uh, candidates coming in. Yeah. Okay. Great advice for a new person. So what about an experienced person, a seasoned IT professional, you know, who is in the market, you know, already know to be confident, already have a certain skill set, and now they're needing you to kind of help place them. What is your advice to someone who's been in it, but now they're needing your assistance? So you're going to have to be flexible. Okay. You can't be rich. You're going to have to be flexible. And you're going to have to be willing. Sometimes you might have to be willing to 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 accept opportunities that may not be what you envisioned when you walked into the office that day. Okay. So you you have to be flexible. But on the other end, know your worth. And with knowing your worth, let's partner together to develop a plan to get you from A to B. So what you have to understand about your recruiter, that's your partner. You guys are both partners. And if you pour into their partnership, they should pour back into you. So being flexible and then taking your day-to-day -day knowledge and being able to articulate your skill set allows the recruiter to then turn to their clients and say, I have a fantastic person that on day one can do A, B, and C, and you have to be able to see them. So have, have some confidence in your skill set. Know that if you take a position and it wasn't the best position or the one that you envisioned, you still have an opportunity to grow your skill set, add to your resume, add more value to what you're doing. And then again, take that and position yourself for another role in the future. But you have to be flexible. I, I like that. Okay, lastly, so you have a client who is transitioning, either by choice or by force, however they transition, and now they're needing to, you know, get back in the game. What advice would you give somebody who has transitioned or either come from a totally different career? but they've transitioned in some way, what advice would you give them as they're looking at tech as an option or an, another opportunity? Again, for me, it always comes down to, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but what you can do on a task level, what okay. you can bring, what you can bring into an organization to either enhance it or support it. Mm -hmm. And so, for instance, a project manager, their organization skills have to be top notch. Mm -hmm. So now, so now how do you articulate that to a client without just saying I'm organized? What you say is I've learned to be detailed and in this detailed manner I've been able to execute A, B, and C. And mm -hmm. what I and it doesn't matter what industry you come from, people want to see if you can work hard, if you're committed, and if you have a task that will add value or help support them. And if you can articulate that, then you can move to the next step. So we have to get away from words that may be vague and ambiguous, like organized and professional, and talk about words that are specific, like I can, um, I can manage databases and I can produce a product and this is how, if that makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, it does make sense. So getting beyond the surface exactly. and, and being a lot more detailed in how you present yourself is, is key. 
And that can work in any of these, whether you're yeah, at any level, whether you're a seasoned professional or you're in some type of transition. Absolutely. And just, just be detailed about what you can do from day one and be very specific about what you want. Yeah. And then be able to articulate that. Okay. Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed our time today with, you know, Tech Tea with Kimberly. I really appreciate it. Do you have any last words for our listeners today as we look at, you know, I know we've gotten through what people call a September surge. I'm not sure if that was true or not uh, for everyone. But as they are looking at tech as an opportunity, any last words for anyone uh, in that space? You know, again, I, for me, it's just all about passion and, and learning your craft and then being able to uh, take it from the inside and push it out to the people. Uh, be relentless again. Be relentless. Keep pushing and never give up. If that's what you want, it will happen. Just continue to put one foot in front of the other until you make it happen. I know that might sound like easier said than done, but if you practice that in your mind over and over and over again, then your actions will follow. I mean, I started as a computer tech bench operator at Best Buy. And now I work for one of the largest staffing companies in the entire world. And a positive mindset and being passionate about what you can do can help you overcome any challenges that you face. And it's helped me as well. That's excellent. Thank you so much. How how can the listeners get in touch with you if they, you know, are looking to uh, enhance um, their career or looking to make a move or looking just to get started? How how can listeners get in touch with you? Absolutely. Well, I, I can always be reached uh, on my social media. So uh, Jamal Brown at Instagram.com. I can also be reached on LinkedIn. Just find my profile for Robert Half. I can be linked there. And then um, I'm just, I'm, I'm here. I'm available. I'm at networking events. We have a networking event called Tech on Tap. And it's the second Wednesday of every single month. Come on down. We can chat and just, you know, build together. That sounds great. Well, I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you for saying yes to having some tech tea with Kimberly and to anyone listening out there, no matter what happens, we can always continue to Kim. That means keep it moving.